The text is the gospel reading from John chapter 4. If only I could move to a new town and make a new start, I would be happy. If only I could change jobs, buy a new home, find the right man, get through college, have enough to retire on, then I would be happy. If only I had this, or if only I could find that. People spend a lot of time looking for happiness in all the wrong places. Will Rogers, the American humorist, said that now and then, <coughs> excuse me, he grew tired of the same old surroundings, and then he would wish for a new place to live and work. He said he would pick up some, pick some city that sounded attractive to him, but before he moved, he would subscribe to the leading newspaper in that proposed new home, and he would read that newspaper for 30 days. Rogers declared that he would always then decide not to move. The news from where he planned to live was no better than the news from where he was. Will Rogers was right. Happiness rarely comes from a change of locations or a change of mates or a change of situations of any kind. It is amazing how many people go through life looking for happiness in all the wrong places. Take this woman at the well. The Samaritan woman is one of several characters in the Gospel of John who are of the earth, the world, from below. Just as the wine steward at the feast in Canaan enjoyed the wine and missed the wine from the real vine, Jesus Christ, just as the Jews centered on the temple and missed the temple, Jesus, just as Nicodemus, as we heard last Sunday, struggled with understanding born again and missed the birth from above, so the woman's life is trapped in a non-satisfying, non-fulfilling cycle of filling and emptying water jars, marrying, divorcing, and marrying again, ending up with more exes than changes of clothing. Whether life's little rituals be religious or secular, at the altar or at the town's watering holes along Arrow Highway or Covina Boulevard or Citrus, they are no substitute for knowing God. She was clearly searching, searching for love, acceptance, security, happiness, and somehow she was searching in all the wrong places. People do that. At heart, we hunger and thirst. We are never fully satisfied. A little boy went to see his favorite aunt, and when he arrived, she asked him what he wanted to do, and he answered, I love your pancakes. And when we have pancakes at home, I only get to eat two. While I'm at your house, I want to eat as many pancakes as I want. 
The next morning, the boy's aunt began to pile the pancakes on his plate, and he kept eating as fast as he could. By the time he had eaten his fifth pancake, his pace had slowed down quite a bit. And in the idol of eating the next one, the boy came to an abrupt stop, and his aunt asked, I think probably with a little glint in her eye, are you ready for more pancakes? And with a pained expression on his face, the boy looked at his aunt and said, oh no, I don't want any more. In fact, I don't even want the pancakes I've already had. Substitute husbands for pancakes, and you probably have the Samaritan woman's sentiments pretty accurately. Who hasn't longed for the moon? Wanted something, you don't know what. Thought that if only I had, and you fill in the blank, everything would be fine. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, God has put eternity into man's mind, yet not in a way that he can figure it out. Couple that with the very present sense of sin that is ours by birthright, felt by some more than others, others less. The woman at the well must have been feeling her sin to be there at high noon instead of early morning when the other women would have been there. The longing for beauty, the longing for security, the longing for love or life can be helpful if they are not ends in themselves. Ramsay MacDonald, one time Prime Minister of England, was discussing with another government official the possibility of lasting peace. The other fellow, an expert on foreign affairs, was unimpressed by the Prime Minister's idealistic point of view. And so he remarked cynically, the desire for peace does not necessarily ensure it. MacDonald admitted this, saying, quite true, but neither does the desire for food satisfy your hunger, but at least it gets you started toward a restaurant. These deep-seated, unsatisfiable longings in our hearts can be a powerful pointer to that which is meant to finally satisfy if we do not become overly attached to them in themselves. What the woman wanted, she did not really know, but Jesus did. And so Jesus pointed to himself as the solution. He asks for a drink, and the woman responds in a gently mocking way. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria. Behind this, we can feel the smart of Jewish prejudice against half-breed Samaritans, as they called them. Jesus responds to point out that if people are to recognize the blessing for life that he offers, all of these things the woman is worried about are really pretty irrelevant. Instead, two conditions have to be fulfilled. First, if you knew the gift of God, he says. A person has to know what it is that he needs to get from God. 
a knowledge which is the same as recognizing your own poverty. And this is the job of our conscience, sharpened by law. The natural, uninhibited human remains clueless. In a cartoon, oh, I dearly miss Calvin and Hobbes. Anyway, they're sitting under a tree, and Calvin asks Hobbes, what do you think is the secret of happiness? Is it money, power, or fame? Calvin adds, I'd choose money. If you have money, you can buy power and fame, and that way you'll have it all and be really happy. Happiness is being famous for your financial ability to indulge in every kind of excess. And Hobbes, the wise tiger, replies, I suppose that's one way to define it. And Calvin adds, the part I think I like best is crushing people who get in my way. There is no hope of hearing Jesus there unless the hammer of the law shatters the delusion. The Samaritan woman is light years past Calvin. Her ennui prepared her for the encounter with Christ. She knows at least this much. She knows that she desperately needs life, real life, Life that is not merely as much better than her life, as a flowing stream is better than a stagnant well, but the water that is, Jesus' words, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The second condition, in addition to knowing the gift of God, Jesus tells the woman, is to know, quote, who it is that is speaking to you. Everything hinges on who Jesus is, since he is the gift from the Father. It is with him that we are identified in the water of baptism. It is with him that our destiny is tied up. It is with him that we receive renewal and strengthful living. Now, none of this is, of course, easy. And we have to be constantly nurtured along by God as we drink this water. We have to learn to trust him, learn to accept that it is merely as a gift from him that this new abundant life is ours, no matter how hard it might be to accept that God would be at work to save the world by a crucified Jewish carpenter. The very fact that Jesus appears as a weary traveler must have presented a stumbling block to the woman. But it is characteristic of God to meet us in the strangest ways. In the ordinary things of the world, a little water, a bit of bread, a sip of wine, in time-worn words from a centuries-old book, God meets us in the simplest and so most offensive ways. Yet let it work for you. Each time a person feels the need for water, it points him or her to the fact that he wants to live. When he really hungers or thirsts, he does not feel the need for this or that thing of this world, finally, but the need to live. Someone crawling across a desert will not refuse water and insist on a Coke or a beer. All our appetites are meant to direct us to life. 
When Jesus says, whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever, the woman at first can only see this revelation as a means of making her natural life easier, a temporary fix to take care of her nagging soul thirst and her problem with the other women of the village. But what Jesus means is that once a person has tasted this life that he offers, that person will never seek another means of quenching his or her thirst. They will know what it means to live because the life that God has given has opened his or her eyes to see what it really means to live. And that power may be constantly seen as it works to lift people out of the world as they have known it. The disciples, who will not ask when they come back from the town where they had gone to buy food, they will not ask, what do you want, or why are you talking with her, John tells us. They probably have learned to expect any kind of surprise from Jesus. But the woman... Then leaving her jar, John says, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. The woman's own faith apparently still stopped short of full insight and trust. And yet she did witness to the full extent of that faith which she had. She invited others to affirm what she herself only entertained. Could this be the Christ? Her witness started a relationship between others and Jesus, the fruit of which was a faith beyond her own. So witnessing to other people does not need to wait upon having faith in full measure. You can just do it. The word brings faith. The word is powerful enough to engender a faith greater than the faith of the one who is speaking even. And in seeing this happen, we can see its power. I cannot imagine that the woman would not have come to full faith when she saw its effects on her neighbors. When you do the will of God, when you share the love of God, that will and that love are made more real for you, too. Do you want to grow in faith? Oddly enough, one way to do it is to share that faith. The proof of the pudding is in the eating, is an old saying. In other words, how good it is can only be seen when you experience what it tastes like. The proof of the message is in the sharing, and you can best see how true it is in how it works. That is a sign of life welling up to make the desert of hearts bloom like the rose. As you have come to living waters yourself, pour it out for others also, so they too can drink and live. Amen. And may the peace of God which passes understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.